You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Thanks for the listening to the new episode, Yoshi Den. I am here with my friend, Marty Caproni. Radio station Springfield. Let's just keep it that way. Is that, is that, is that cool with you, Marty? Yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, I have permission to be here, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say something inappropriate later on when we get careless and get you in trouble. So we don't want right. that. So right. They were nice enough to let us use the production. Uh, it's a very modern facility. And when you brought me here a couple of days ago, I was really impressed. I'm not going to say what kind of radio station it is, but I was very impressed by the pictures and uh, I'm very happy to be here. And um, we didn't really plan to do this. It, it was like a last minute thing. We were just talking late last night. So it'll be fun to do it like a quick an hour or so. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. That, that works for me. I mean, we, we normally have these conversations, like we were at Denny's last night till what, I don't know, three in the morning, three thirty in the morning. We have these conversations and we never record them. And they're usually after, I think that they're good conversations. So it's weird. Uh, well, two things I have to mention I mentioned you before because, one, when, when did that happen? <clears throat> we we found something on the bridge. Oh, the porcupine. Yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah, three or four years ago. And, uh, yeah, Yoshi came out here. We did a show, and uh, we were driving to Denny's again, I guess, the tradition after the show. But By the way, Marty is a very funny comedian, and uh, he does a bunch of other interesting stuff in his life. So that's, okay, so go on. Yeah. I don't know how funny or interesting I am, but, uh, but we were uh, crossing the bridge, <clears throat> And uh, Yoshi's like, what is that thing? And I, I didn't see it. And then you said, hey, stop. And I stopped the car. And it, it I, I, you know, it's not porcupine. It was a beaver. That's what it was. It was the. Well, for, for a second, I thought it was a dog. Yeah, it was the size <clears throat> of a, a medium-sized dog, at least. Probably 60 pounds, 50 pounds. I don't know. It was the biggest beaver I've ever seen. And, but it had a very different hair structure. So for a second, I thought maybe it was, was that a wild pig or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it was. Uh, and it's, it was weird because. You could tell it was confused because it was on the bridge and it could hear the waterfall below the bridge, but didn't know how to get back to the waterfall. Right. So you were uh, you were a kind enough animal lover to uh, I got out and stopped traffic and you kind of walked the uh, little guy down the embankment. And <clears throat> maybe he's eighty pounds now. Who knows? You know. I mean, I kind of tried to move. I, I kind of blocked it, but eventually you call. I asked you to call the cop, and they sent a cop. But this isn't a female cop to deal yeah. with a beaver, you know. So, <laughs> the joke but, right with that. but you know, what, this is Western Mass, and I mean that was the first time I've seen a beaver. I mean, every par- different part of the country have different animals, I guess. But I was blown away by our mutual friend Tom. He took me one of the lake, and the this thing the beavers make the dam. Oh, the dam. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's no joke. I mean, I've seen shit in t- cartoons. You know, I think it's exaggeration, but it's it's quite amazing. They're highly organized animals. Uh, beavers. I, I mean, I don't know why I know this, but they 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 for, they work as a team to make a shelter. There's usually yeah. you know ten or twelve of them in a family of beavers, and they make those dams. And yeah, I mean, even though you look at it, it's just like a blob of sticks inside that dam. It's actually all laid out there. They they have yeah. rooms for themselves and everything else. Sure. I used to backpack a lot, and we used to see them a lot uh, when we backpack. And they're, I mean, the the, the the phrase "busy as a beaver" is for a reason. They 
uh, one group of beavers can make a like a lake like that, like uh, block damming up a stream. Like they they work like around the clock. It's it's incredible to see. It really is. It's incredible to see, and I'm seeing multiple of them working together. And it's almost seemed like, as one of your favorite coach would say, "Do your job." Yeah. And uh, it's it they get their shit done, but it's it's it boggles my mind because they're animals. But this construction, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it's uh, yeah. if you if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. Go check it out because I was blown away. I didn't think they could make that big of a dam and to have that kind of control. You know, it's weird to me that you have traveled the entire globe. And- yeah have lived in all these exotic countries and vacation in Afghanistan. And then, yeah. and then you come out to Western Massachusetts and the mind blowing thing for you is like a, a beaver dam. Cause to me, that's like, that'd be like me going to LA and being like, what is this food truck? Thing? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, Holy cow food. They put food in trucks. Like we just, we're used to it. It's a, we, you know, you, if you live out here and you're in the woods at all, you know, I, it. I think uh, it's a sad statement sometime because I've been to different parts of the world where, for whatever reason, ethnic, religious, maybe even gender, historical reasons, but some of those groups cannot get along and get their shit together in their country. And you see these simple animals making these complicated things possible. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, yeah. Anyway, I I saw that with Marty before Denny's. And this particular Denny's, Denny's is very famous because our mutual friend Carlos filmed people getting fight, right? Yeah, he... he- filmed a, this group it, you know it's always funny when you see a fight happen so the, the the way he filmed the video was there was one guy and another guy the the girls were mouthing off to each other and then what happens of course you know that this is why girls like to mouth off to each other a lot of times and if i thought it was going to be a guy's fighting right no so what happens is well what happened was the two women in the thing argue with each other right they, sure. they're the top and then the two guys then have to like Okay, then they have to fight. They have you know, to fight, yeah. Which I'm sure neither one of them want to be signed up to right. fight. What did you say? It was and it wasn't really much of a fight, really. They were kind syrup. of pushing each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was over maple syrup. So the two guys fight, and then the, the one guy leaves, and then the other guy's still kind of, he's punch drunk. He walks away, and then the, the ladies are still really wrapping it. And yeah. then uh, the uh, the girl that's that seemed like she was a little more like... Aggressive? Yeah, aggressive. You know, it was like this, uh, I don't know, to me, like the, like a lot of the typical, like, women that I see around my town. Like, kind yeah. of like a, not, I don't want to say valley girl, because they're not, but like, you know, like, I don't know how to describe it. I want to be, I don't want to be politically correct, but uh, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a white girl mouthing off to a Latina girl. And the white girl, I think, is... And let's be honest, they were kind of mouthy, and they were... Over, over the top, and the Latina heavy girl... set type too yeah because the, in the movie what was the movie with the uh ben heist movie with ben affleck uh um, the town yeah, town yeah yeah and break lively always beautiful yeah yeah but she tried to play one of those girls but she's she i just thought she's she was pretty. too beautiful to be yeah, played yeah. that part yeah. you know well those girls definitely weren't too beautiful to play the parts that they were playing no. in, the, in the in the fight but the the the, the uh the white girl who was really the loud vocal one you could just see it happen in the video. You're like, oh boy, oh it's gonna happen. And then yeah. her friend teamed up with her, and then the the Latina girl was just like, look, I've had enough. And then she, she just, started hitting. Yeah, yeah. She housed the two of them, you know. And then that was it. And and Carlos put that up, and he had like I don't know, a million or two million views. 
but he took it down because someone scared him about you're using lawsuits or something, something like that. Like that. But, well, this this conversation started because I was surprised when I when we walked in last night after I saw Jason Bourne movie, um, I saw a police officer and he was talking to one of the uh, customer or something. I thought he just happened to be there for that second. I didn't realize until when we left almost 45 minute hour later, he was stationed there. Like he have to be at this particular Denny's because I have to, I guess they have a history of violence in there. Every weekend it used to be like there would, there would be fights. These are the, some great, amazing, fancy places that Marty would take me. Well, yeah, (laughs) I show Yoshi the world, but you know, here's the thing. It's like beaver and fight Massachusetts, uh, new England. You were saying like, man, these people are really violent or whatever, but uh, honestly, I don't know if so much of we're violent, but we just have short fuses because we live in a place where the weather is so miserable. Yeah. You know, it, it can be so nice for a 10 week period, which is probably worse than if you lived like yeah. in Alaska or somewhere where it's miserable all the time or whatever. I don't really know geography, so I don't know if Alaska is miserable all the time. I'm assuming though. And uh, people just get, you know, they get, and then I think New England has that streak, like that rebellious streak. It's the same thing. You know, it's the, cradle of our country it's where the country was founded sure is that i think that we've always had that sarcastic rebellious kind of streak in us which it is a good comic it's a remarkable place i think it's very underrated i think people who are visiting from overseas they usually go the same usual suspect like san francisco new york city la vegas then um you know those are the probably the popular and i think maybe even like places like texas but i i have to say Ever since I started listening to your uh, uh, local, I don't know, what would you call him? Bill Simmons. He's like, oh, yeah. he's, he's just a pretty big figure from this sure. part of the country. Big fan of his. Um, I'm originally from Japan and lived mostly in Seattle, but um, I kind of learned to like that area because it, there's definitely that us against them mentality. Yeah. You know, with the whole thing with Tom Brady and um, NFL commissioner and things like that. I am... Um, it's quite remarkable what the city that the Boston have accomplished: four Super Bowls, three World Series, one NBA, one NHL. And all, all, what what's striking to me is that none of your college teams has won because it's one of the few places in the country that actually want to teach and actually educate people. Yeah, right. That's why they don't do well in college right. level. You know, it's um. Yeah, I mean this this area is heavy for university. I just find it so funny that. Out of everything that we've uh, created in New England, you're like you can tell you're so sports oriented because you're like you guys have done some amazing things here, <laughs> like win four Super Bowls. Yeah. It's like yeah, we did that and we founded our democracy yeah. here and uh, <laughs> we the, the Revolutionary War. You might have heard of that, but yeah, that that, that I think that genetic yeah. is in the people in Boston for sure, and I think the world is better off because of it because. You know, America's influence. I know the popular thing to say how bad we are, but we're not. I've traveled enough countries to know yeah. that even people, countries that supposedly hate us, their citizens would love to come here. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny too because you you um, like I don't buy that left and right thing too much. Like the left makes the sometimes makes the country sound like it's the worst thing on the planet. The right makes it now because there's a Democratic power makes it sound like it's it's not great anymore and we got to take it back. It's like. Obama did a great thing because I've been saying that for a long time. Has it ever occurred to everyone that it is great? Yeah. America is great. Yeah, it's, it's just the great. people in this country don't recognize it. You know, right? And, and and it's not perfect, but it's great. Well, nothing is with yeah. humanity. You know, what I mean, humans are basically we're dirty animals, right? So we're just organized dirty animals. So so nothing's going to be perfect. But as far as balancing out each other, those two factions. But my favorite thing that I see a lot now is 
the discourse, like the level of discourse you'll see, like, um, like on a Facebook or social yeah. media, you'll see somebody just trash, you know, whatever it is, they'll trash, uh, religion. Like we've been talking, uh, sure. about, uh, Islam and all that stuff. So you see people and they'll trash Islam. And then you, and then you introduce them to somebody who's actually a Muslim that, and, and they sit and they talk and they, they like the person. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you can't, you can't just judge uh, an entire group. I think I look, stereotypes are hilarious. I, I find them funny. Yeah. It's a, it's an exaggeration of truth. Right. But there is some truth. There's in truth. It. There's yeah. truth to every stereotype. Yeah. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, and that, that to me is funny. You know what I mean? If you let those truths define your life, that's where, you know, if, if I meet you and yeah. in my mind, I'm just like, I'm not going to talk to that guy, Yoshi, because, yeah. uh, you know, he owns a laundromat and he owns like I, whatever Asian stereotype that you have. You know, I'm not going to talk to Marty. I, I wish I own a laundromat. I wish I owned something. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, you know, like, that's why I get along with you and like, um, even with all the crazy stuff on, say, on stage, if I'm friend with someone, they know on the basic level, they know that I'm just joking around, you know, but if they don't know me, I, it is always surprising whenever I meet someone like, wow, I was really scared to meet you. Usually women usually say that. And, but, um, yeah, see, you're, you're, I mean, to me, that what I like about it, like, you get it. So, like, on stage, I, and I truly feel like this, like, if you have some sort of bitter animosity in your heart, like, if you are really, yeah, if you really hate women, like, you're like a really misogynist guy who hates women, yeah. and you go on stage and you try to talk about, women yeah. it's going to come through and, and same thing with race if you're like a really big i think everyone's got racism in them yeah. at some level uh, I, it's like fear or ignorance or whatever i think yeah. we all have that you know what i mean but like if you're really like a bigot if you're a bigoted racist person yeah and you go on stage and try to talk about race i mean people sense it and pick it up people are not stupid they're like dogs they smell that they smell that that, that you feel that way and then you can't talk about it I, 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 mean? I think you're right because you know, I used, I used to listen to Opie and Anthony show. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a serious account, but what I used to love is when they used to have your uh, uh, native of Boston, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, sure. Bigger than life, massive personality used to be on that show. And some people say Anthony might be slightly racist or whatever. And to me, even if it is, it's not the worst thing because as long as you don't act on it, but uh, Patrice love Anthony. They, could, they actually have honest conversation right. where... Um, Anthony's being honest and Patrice feel like uh, uh, he's having completely honest conversation with a white person not being patronized you know and um, uh, I, I think I think it's always good to talk honestly you don't have yeah. to like that person you know you yeah, don't, no, no, yeah. no 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 BS you know no yeah. you know and, and, and I mean I, you, you might end up learning something that right, you didn't I, know I'll say this about Anthony now I was a uh, fan of opening Anthony when they were in Boston. So that goes way back. Probably like, I want to say it was like around 97, was 98 monster shows, massive huge, success. Yeah. Huge. And, uh, and I was a huge fan of, I mean, the internet was just becoming a thing. They used to, I used to, I seem so stupid because they used to be, they used to call their underground website. And I used to like email them like, how do I get to your yeah. underground website? Cause that search engines weren't even a thing. Then. Uh, but, but here's the thing. I think that where Anthony, I think kind of, uh, everyone feels the loss of Patrice, I think in the comedy world, but I think with Anthony, it's even harder because, now he has he didn't have the outlet maybe to have those conversations sure you know daily or whatever yeah and and i truly believe this i believe that the people who listen to a certain type of media if they listen to like a certain type of talk radio or yeah. if they listen to a certain like if i listen to msnbc all day long and yeah. then for my news i go to uh uh the daily cost which is like a, you know a big democrat website 
I'm going to, my reality now, my constructive reality is going to be this, this reality that they're selling me. Yeah. And the same thing with, you know, talk radio, you listen to Rush Limbaugh all day, you listen to uh, Fox news, you go to the uh, Breitbart and all these different websites that are like, nobody is interested in unbiased news anymore. Like the, the New York times, it, it feels like I, maybe I'm the only person that values that or whatever. And, and journalism is not what it used to be. So now it's journalism is like an opinion sponsored by whoever it's sponsored by. Sure. And I felt like maybe Anthony, you know, now he listens to all that and he has no outlet. So maybe he's not talking to Patrice. He's not having an honest conversation. And I think that's where some of that stuff he is, became what it became. He is immensely talented. Yeah. Immensely intelligent person. Too. I'm always like shocked. Like, I don't mean to demean what they, what he does, but like he could have been a professor or something, you know, because yeah. one episode I remember he, he, he told Jim Norton and Opie that he literally memorized the blueprint. One of the planes that hit uh, uh, a yeah. road trainer. Like he literally, one of those guys could memorize all that. Yeah. And he's, he's a incredibly smart, curious person. And I, I really miss the fact, I mean, they're all good guys. Things right. didn't work out. I don't know what happened internally, but I don't either, yeah. just like all great bands, kind of, it just kind of broke. I mean, it's, you know, they did it for 20 years, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, I'm sure it's not easy working with the same people for 20 years, but it's very sad they broke down, you know? Yeah, but, you know, into the, the point about Norton too, like, like he's a guy that I think he, he, he kind of sillies it up a lot when he talks, you know, sometimes about sex or whatever. He's very funny. He's, but he made could, the show work because yeah. sometimes there's tension between the opinion. Right. He's and, like the pressure yeah. valve to it. And he's a, like Norton's a really smart guy. If you listen to him talk and you listen to him on that show, he's definitely a smart, smart guy. He's got like very a, funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like a high, he's got a high IQ for uh, personality. So you could see him relieve that tension all the time. He's so fast. Yeah. Oh dude. The retorts are very fast. Yeah. Um, it's like if you fall in uh, one of your favorite team and you have a three favorite players and just win championship all the time. Yeah. And, and, and just sad. Instead of getting beaten by a competition, it was like within themselves. Themself, yeah. yeah. It didn't, didn't yeah. work out. So anyway. Um, but here's the thing, Yosh. Both of them are doing way better than you and I. So. <laughs> yeah. So I can't feel that bad for them. You know what I mean? I mean, they. Um, so I, I, think, I, I think we got off track. Because over overseas and, and that kind of stuff, but I have to say, I think people on the right and people on the left get a lot of um, places to air their point of view. But I think most Americans probably don't even care either one of their parties. They don't even want to be bothered to be. They don't have a platform. But most Americans are just too busy working. They want to take care of their families and friends, and they're trying to have a little bit of like happiness in their life. And they're they want to do something good but maybe a little frustrated because they don't know how to do it or they don't know who to trust because, you know, it's kind of like trying to donate yeah. money to like charity and last thing they need to hear is they got ripped off, you know, but I think I really do believe that I've been traveling enough countries to know we go out of their ways to do as much good. Well, here's, here's where I, I, I a little bit disagree with that. I do believe that Americans are trying to, they're trying to leave, live the, the, the most, trying to eke out a moment of happiness in their lives sure. working 60 hours a week and everything yeah. else but i also think i mean that to me that everything in this country that's gone bad or is is bad yeah can be traced back to social media to me um because and i believe this because I, I i you watch the police stuff yeah you know you watch, it happened before yeah. but now what happens is someone puts it on social media and now all of a sudden it is 
the reality. It's the constructed reality of something. So, like, my black friend's up here. The, they show that guy gets shot in the back down in North Carolina or South, South Carolina. Yeah. Or the kid who got shot in Louisiana, Cleveland. right? Oh, yeah. and, and, and that happens, and, and my friends up here are like, that could be me. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it could be. It could be. But let's also acknowledge the fact that that is in Louisiana, where it's still like 1957, as far as uh, I hear from people. Right. Like the racism still runs so deep down. There's just an accepted part of their life. You know? do, you, do you think maybe this is... Um... In the political opinion thing, just not to cut you off, but yeah. the political opinion thing, the other problem with that is um, nowadays everyone on social media has to have an opinion. So like for, for comics, for us, if I have an opinion, you have an opinion, yeah. we have to actually man up and go on stage and grab a microphone and say it publicly. Now, you don't have to. You can you can have your Twitter handle. You could be at Yoshi Who, and then no one knows who you are. And you can spout whatever garbage you want to spout and, and say whatever you want. And if you go on Facebook, you have your little audience of your sure. friends, and you put your stupid posts up, and they're all like, you're the best. You're awesome. That's so right. You know. So you just it just reinforces all the same bullshit. You know, it's all bullshit. It's basically what. A little over three years ago, I when I landed in Afghanistan and I was jet lag and uh, I was kind of trying to sleep. In the middle of the night, they were telling me something happened in Boston. Of course, that that the day I landed in Afghanistan for the second time was the Boston Marathon sure. bombing, and didn't mean to joke around, but 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 the couple of the friends in Afghanistan were saying like, look how look at how dangerous in your country. They were kind of yeah. joking how, <laughs> you know, but I, even though I was away, I I do remember one of the interesting things people were saying because people who were living in Boston were tweeting and Facebooking uh, things were going on, and anyone could do it. So they're not qualified journalists. So it was really confusing uh, yeah. when the uh, the journalists. Even the qualified journalists, they don't necessarily have the, all, all the updated yeah. information because they they might have the wrong information. But um, it was a little scary and confusing at times. But I just think we are going through that tough time right now because the internet is still relatively new. Yeah, you know that shit was not around when I was in high school, and you know you're in radio business. Also, well, that that story, you know, the whole countries are getting invaded by space alien story. Uh, world was it what is it world of the war the war the world world yeah. yeah and 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 um some people thought oh it's obviously a story but others that there's series that were getting oh, yeah. in, invaded so relatively speaking early stage of radio so i don't know if we'll uh, how could i predict but i think we're still early on and we're kind of learning through the social media and things like that and i think even parents are still kind of learning how to deal with it too you know so Hopefully, 15, 20, 30 years, we, we have a better handle it. But let's be honest, it's still kind of a new thing, you know? Yeah, and I mean, you're you're an optimist. I'm a pessimist. I feel like if nothing changes with it, it's just going to get continually worse. Like Because that's the progression that I've seen since it's sure. Advent, you know? Um, and I don't think the people that that made it or created it expected that. The, the people that created it are altruistic. They think it's going to be great for humanity. and everything. Sure. And there are some components to it that are great. But like anything, it's got that dark side, and it just seems like every year that goes by, that dark side grows. I mean, you're at the point now where Facebook has a thing where if an event happens, yeah. a terrorist attack or something, you can like check into the terrorist attack, like, "Hey, I'm okay," you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like that's the commentary to me on our society. Like, we've gotten so bad that that's how you that's how you check in to tell your family you're okay. It's a it's valuable service, but why is there that many terrorist attacks and that much killing going on that you need that that someone actually had to program sure. that is insane to me. You know, I don't know 
if I'm necessarily optimistic, I, I, I think I'm more of like, it's the future is always unpredictable, you know? Yeah. Um, let me give you an example. So I don't, you know, we were talking about Pokemon go yeah. on the elevator, right? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I, I have nothing against it. You're and, not going to do it because you're Asian. You don't, you don't want to be stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't even know. What, I mean, I never even watched one episode of Pokemon, but like people always drag, just like Michael yeah. Colleone, they just drag me back it. into Japanese pop culture stuff. Right. So I, I kind of learned, on, on my own, I guess I kind of forced through osmosis, whatnot. But um, he, uh, I might not even say it right, which is embarrassing. I'm Jeffy Hikokomori, I think it's a term for it. And it's a very weird uh, mental disorder in Japan where the, it's almost 99.9% of the time it's a, a guys. But these are a group of men. They're saying between half a million to maybe even seven, maybe 800,000 Japanese men have not left home. They have this mental disorder or glitch in their thinking that they're either afraid to go social phobia or they completely cut themselves from society. They just refuse yeah. to get out of their home. We they, have that here. It's called a, a, agoraphobia. But, they, but, but it's even worse. There's a lot of mental illness in Japan, but they don't want to address it like the, the, the white people uh, or Westerner. But check this. Since the advent of that damn game, these people are literally walking out of their house for the first time in 5, 7, 10, 12, 15 years. Really? I don't think people who made that program had that in mind. Right. So there's always unintended consequences, it's right? A nice, it's a nice side effect, right? It's, it's mean, a side effect. So there's things that you can't even imagine. You know, like one of the reasons I like science fiction because it expands your imagination and sure. make things impossible, possible in the future. Isn't but there's it weird, though, when you see science fiction that is now reality you start mm -hmm. wondering you know about the like it almost feels like science fiction in a way yeah like the, the matrix they talk about the, the, the that movie now now there's a theory a prevalent a prevalent theory it's not like a conspiracy theory but that that we could be a computer simulation sure you know and and there's things that justify it, like the fibonacci sequence and the, the elon musk believed that in one of the speeches in yeah. silicon valley and uh oh what's that black uh of course black the, the brother he's a <laughs> physicist the fav, uh, very famous one He's oh. just a cool brother. He's going every show talking about science. Yeah. Why am I forgetting his name? He's on Bill Marshall all the time. I apologize. But even he, 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 people always ask him all kinds of stupid questions all the time. He doesn't tolerate those dumb questions. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the things like that's, there is a, some possibility of that, I, you know? So like, so these are smart people think that that's possible. Yeah. So... I guess I, I have more trust of uh, serendipity and unpredictable thing because, I mean, if you ever told me 10 years ago that we're going to have a black president and by the time he went not only once, twice, but the two people that will be running for his position is Donald Trump and a woman. Yeah, you it's just like, it's kind of hard for me to believe. Yeah. You know, it's, it sounds, and there's a lot of like, weird strange thing that happened that uh make me think you know suicide kind of runs in my family but yeah. the one reason I, I i don't i have a good i like comedy so that's keep me alive <laughs> but i think life is full of surprises that there's just something's going to happen so you should just wait around because um, yeah you feel like you almost feel like if a suicide you're going to might miss out something right like suicide to me is a it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem right sure. so you 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 don't, yeah, you don't know what's, I mean, 
you don't know. You could walk out of here, buy a Powerball ticket, and yeah. become a billionaire and live the rest of your life in your wildest dreams. You know what I mean? And, and you know, if you kill yourself, that opportunity is not going to happen. For yeah. You, right. You know, and I've known people who have too. And it's just the other thing I think is uh, they a pretty con- inconsiderate act usually when people kill themselves. They, 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 they never think about the people who have to like clean up the mess of them killing themselves. I think how they do. I, I sympathize with that notion because, you know, basically 10 week to 10 days after my dad killed himself or got murdered. I, we it still was, don't know. Yeah. My cousin killed himself and I was really angry with him for a long time. But like I, I, I met other um, families of, um, you know, suicide, their yeah. family. And you just find out that they really can't think anything by themselves because that sickness or whatever, we don't know for sure why they did it. Yeah. But um, it, it, the life is so horrible for them that they can't. They really can't think about anything else about themselves, you know. And yeah, I think it's like anything too. I think. Uh, I, also, I, I, I think I, it's, it's suicide is like a cultural thing in Japan too, because I mean, I mean, I know like in, in the, during the wars and stuff, they was at uh, Harikari or whatever. Where Harikiri, there was, yeah. Harikiri, the they, proper term is seppuku, but yeah, it's. Um, I I think, I think. It's a cultural thing, but but um, they're not Christian too, because most of the major Judeo Christian, right. including Islam, I'm sure it's you know God created you. It's a gift that He yeah, has given a, it to you. It's, so it's not sin if you kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, we don't have that notion in Japan, so right. they're not saying it's okay to kill yourself. But if you're in an impossible position where you, but it's like honor, like almost like an honor killing too. Like they they they, they believe like they believe so much like if they were dishonorable like a, a military leader if he failed like and, they and take their lives they yeah. would take their lives which which i mean oh another 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 one is if you're in heavily debt you don't want to drag the whole family with you so you kill yourself and you you take the responsibility obligation of your family away from i mean you're oh, just yeah. you you're saving your family actually there's there's a lot a lot of that you know you guys need some bankruptcy laws in japan to probably save a lot of lives well, when you money, when you owe money to Yakuza, there's no bankruptcy will no, protect you. Yeah. will not protect you. You know, I met some of those uh, type of characters once in uh, San Francisco. Uh, yeah, really intimidating people. But but um, I think part part of the reason why I like comedy and I'm not religious is because, man, sometimes life is not that black and white. You know, I think and, life's always in gray, almost always in gray. You know what I mean? So I can't, I try not to judge people. I just put myself and figure out what would I do in that situation. And sometimes I don't, you know, you see, you, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've been watching this on uh, uh, the night of it, it is an excellent show on HBO. It's very uncomfortable because it has something to do with murder. And I'm thinking like, God, especially if I know for a fact I would be innocent, but circumstantial evidence appoints everything at me. And like, I, I'll be nervous as fuck. And like, how would you do in that situations? You know? Well, that, I guess, uh, I mean, see, I don't, I didn't, I haven't watched. That's the one you were talking about. That's on HBO or something. Yeah, that's really good or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I guess if you look at it like uh, uh, on the whole, um, you're doing exactly what I'm talking about too. Like, so you watch something on TV, yeah, and that becomes part of your reality almost. Like you're so invested in. It. I remember you sure. telling me like, oh, my pulse was up. My pulse was up. Yeah. Like, I, 
I feel like I don't even have that most of the time. Like I'm, I feel like I'm detached and pretty numb to everything most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, you're busy with comedy and work and your family, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. And even that sometimes is weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you get into this thing and you're just doing shows and it's like, yeah, like I was telling that to one of the new kids. I said, you, you don't understand how great things are right now. It's like you and your buddies in your car driving around, hitting open mics and doing VFW halls on Fridays and everything else. And you get, you're doing it with all your friends, right? Sure. And, then, and then that starts to shift because you move levels and now all of a sudden you're headlining or you're middling and this guy's doing that. And, yeah. and then you get to a point where, um, like the big shows, like, sure. like, you know, like the, like the, 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 you know, the 1500, the 2000, 3000, when you have those, those are supposed to be like, I remember like the first one I had being like, I remember the first show I had those 500 people being, sure. being like really like amped up and my adrenaline up. And then after you've done like a few of them that wears like that adrenaline part wears off, you just, it's just like, I don't know, you become numb to it. You're just like, oh yeah, now this is like what I do. You know what I mean? And I feel like sometimes you can't get that joy back out of it. So I feel like that with TV now, like when I watch TV, I remember there used to be shows like I watched the Sopranos religiously. Sure. Now, if I watch something on TV, it's hard for me to invest anything in it. I don't know if it's an age thing or I'm just uh, that much of a cynic or, or I'm just, you know sociopath i don't know I don't no know. no no i i, I kind of understand i think that's when you watch scripted shows or reality show you know there's a group of people that actually know the end how, how it's sure. gonna end and i think that's why i'm 47 and i still get excited watching sports because you really don't know yeah that's true no one knows yeah. <laughs> no one no one knows how it's gonna end you know and sure there's plenty of like okay games or or uh, above average but there are certain games a few times a year, like, holy fuck. Like, you know, recently with the whole Cleveland versus Golden State Warrior. Yeah. Man, talk about exciting ending. And that's why I think sports still kind of move me emotionally places that uh, a great scripted show does. But sports is sometimes superior because, like I said, you don't know, you don't know how it's going to end. You, you might make bet on it, and the best team you think you should win but man, uh, was I happy when I put money in Denver Broncos in Super Bowl because everyone thought Panthers going to win it. Well, here's my thing. You know, um, you still get excited watching sports, don't you? You know, I did. I used to be real. I mean, Red Sox. I used to go thirty games a year. You know, oh three, oh four season. Like, oh that, god, like yeah. vi- vivid. You know, I remember them really well. And um, but now it seems like. I mean, I still can. I can still invest. You know, I can watch sports and still be invested in everything else. But it's not that way for me. But it's almost like same thing with politics. It's the same thing. You know, like people have their. We're talking about the Democrats and the Republicans. They have yeah. their team and they just cheer for their team and they don't really care what they're doing or not doing. Like I feel like that with sports. I feel like that with politics. Like I, I like watching. I love. I mean, love the Patriots. I love the Red Sox. And everything. Sure. But I, I'm not invested like I once was. You know what I mean? I'm not invested like I once was. Maybe it's because I grew up, we, you know, never winning anything. We had the eight, 86, you know, like the Celtics in the 80s. We had that, you know, but really everything else, we had this. Loser. I think you guys have the winning uh, uh, fatigue. <laughs> well, now we do, kind of. Maybe, yeah, maybe that, that's that, it that, too, that's, you know? that's what it is. You know? Um, no, no, I, I understand because I don't, I'm not, I don't watch regular season game as much as before. I just kind of keep track of who won, who, yeah. who lost, and probably a lot of to do with the fantasy football and, and sports betting or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, playoffs, I, I try to watch because it's, it's, it still is exciting. But um, I have other shit to do too. 
just like you do. You yeah, know? that's me too. I'm so, you know, I didn't I didn't watch one game of the NBA Finals, and I knew they were great finals, but I was busy. I was busy on the road. I was running around. I was sure. I just I had. It was like I didn't have to like I had to prioritize what I was what I got coming up in my life and, and sure I didn't have the time to do it which was great you know it was crazy to me and my most my comedian friends have all sorts of time you know what I mean a lot of them do so they're posting all the statuses about it and everything else yeah and I just feel kind of left out like oh well you know well you got like I said you have bills to pay you have family and uh, yeah just stuff to but you're still doing comedy at night so you you are doing what you're supposed to do you yeah know? you know but it's just. You know, it's a weird thing. I, I just feel like, like the adrenaline. I don't know if as you get older, if it's a thing or so, but like that adrenaline, that that push that I used to get, that investment, yeah. that whatever. It, it just it seems so hard to get nowadays. Like I can see, we can walk out of this. You know, tonight I'm gonna ring announce tonight for there's gonna be two thousand people or whatever. Yeah. It's it's MMA. I I love MMA. I, I love watching it. I I, I love the fights. I've sure. I've ring I've been a ring announcer for five six years for the promotion that I ring announce for great promotion you know i uh, saw the clip uh you were great you surprised me uh um, with the stuff yeah. it, it's a it's a performance art but it's different from stand-up and uh, it was fun seeing you do that you know it's funny yeah. and you you asked me you go how did you learn how to ring announce yeah and i it's, there's no school for it i said you know all i did when they asked me they originally asked me because i was a comedian yeah and the they i i've been with the company since the second event the first event they had some guy that they said oh he's really funny guy yeah and so he was the ring announcer. But he was like talking during the fights, like, oh, he'd have the yeah. microphone, like, oh, shit, you know, and, and they wanted Very me annoying. to, yeah, and they wanted me to do that. Yeah. And I was like, no, you guys don't understand. This isn't about me at all. It's, it's when a, I do comedy, it's about me. I'm the guy with the microphone and the light. This is about the fighters. I said, just let me play it straight and let's see how it works. I'm glad you said that because yeah. uh, one of the few porn director that asked me for advice about their movies and he was his name is Mike Adriano, one of the top seller, probably it's like top one or two for Evil Angel. Yeah. He asked us when he joined Evil Angel, and I told him like, "Well, I like your movies, but you talk too much, and you got to remind the audience. You have to remember the audience are not there to see you; they're actually see, uh, to watch the girls, you know." So um, he still talked, but not as much as before. And and uh, actually, he did a really good job, like emphasizing what the consumers want. You know what I mean? It's about the girls, and he's he's just like a furniture there, and uh, they're supposed to deliver orgasm or whatever. <laughs> so when you're doing that thing, I mean, always think about the audience, what they really want. I mean, sure, you want to put your little bit of personal spin as long as it doesn't interfere with audience enjoyment, but... Um, I just love how everything to you comes back to porn. Or sports, whatever, yeah. Sports, sports. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's exactly like porno. I'm like, well... I, it's, it doesn't feel like it while I'm doing it, but yeah, I guess. But it's a good point. Yeah, he to get out of the way, right? Make it happen or whatever. But you don't want to be that annoying guy, right? You know, right? And 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 honestly, the fights speak for themselves. The quality of fighters, the people sure. that are fighting, that's they train to do. So I just try to give the most realistic expectation I can. So all I did before I had already watched UFC yeah. since I, I mean I used to get UFC one, two, three on, on yeah. VHS. I used to rent them for the video store. So I had watched a lot of. Now I I have to say evolution. if I was doing your job and if the fight is it's not good or it ends quickly then I think it, at that moment when they're getting ready for the next fight it's okay for you to do something funny because like oh that was a kind of boring fight so I understand that's when you want to entertain the audience right I've only had to actually entertain the audience once because we had this kid who was fighting yeah. uh in the in the in our uh 
our, the main event, and he had a real big attitude. He was supposedly going to be like the next big thing in MMA. Sure. And uh, he came out here, and we went back to the ring to see if he was wrapped. They go, he's not wrapped yet. It's like, well, we're ready to call the fight. Like, he's got to be ready. And for some reason, the commission dropped the ball on it, whatever. He wasn't wrapped. His gloves weren't, his wraps weren't signed, everything. Sure. So we had 15 minutes to kill. So you went up and entertained him. So after like the third time they kept playing the rap song for his intro back and forth, I said, something's wrong. They came yeah. over to the cage. He said, can you just do some comedy? But the problem is it's all ages because there's kids that come to the sure. fights and everything else. So I had to do like 15 minutes inside of a cage telling jokes and doing crowd work to people outside the cage and yeah. clean. It was a random. It was a weird. I had fun doing it. It was a challenge. That was one of those moments that gave me a little bit of adrenaline push because it was different. It was sure. new. Um, good experience. Yeah, it was it was it was a good experience. I've had a lot of cool experiences. I've seen a lot of great fighters and good fights and and everything else. And I, I like doing it, you know. So it's 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 fun to me. It's harder to do now. The more I've been traveling for comedy, so now it's like the scheduling of it's really sure. hard to to keep, you know. But I'm I'm trying, you know. I'm trying. To Last get- two years, I have to say, I I I have really changed my position on it. And I thought, without even watching one fight, I thought women fighting it sounds terrible. But man, it's my favorite part of the whole thing now. Oh sure, the, the, these women are incredible. And what um, when I talked to your friend Jesse May, yeah, she she laughed because I told her what what surprised me about the women fighting that after the fight, the winner when they cry, it just makes me laugh because you won and and yeah, and she's crying. But that's how honest women are with their emotion, you know, because guys are not <laughs> we're trained not to show that. But um, I I just think it's just incredible. Like I said, here's another unexpected thing out of life. I never thought uh, women finally be, uh, uh, you know, enjoyed by the public. Not only that, when Ronda Rossi was fighting, it was like the biggest part of the fight. Men didn't even come close to popularity. Like she was such a big. So, like I said, life is is full of surprises, man. I'm going to tell you, Ronda. Everyone's sleeping on Ronda Rossi, but Ronda Rossi. is gonna she's gonna come back and come back big. I know there's a lot of controversy over her coach or whatever. Uh, one of the girls who fought for us, uh, what Mina Shafir, she's one of the uh, one of Ronda's inner circle or was or whatever yeah. they call the four horsemen or whatever they were. Uh, she was a fantastic. She judo since she was a little yeah. kid, so that you know it's, that's a cool art. Um, I honestly feel like if you become you rise to the level of an Olympic athlete, and you sure. rise to the level of a professional champion in something, you're not somebody who's gonna go quietly into the night most most cases. I, I hope I hope she she does come back. I think she will, and I think she's gonna come back, and I think she start collecting people's arms again, and people are gonna be like, "Wow, we feel silly forever saying this stuff about her." Um, but th- the woman fighting, like we have a a, a woman that's fighting for us tonight, uh, a good friend of mine, Sarah Payant. Um, you'll probably see her in the, in the UFC. She, the, her dedication is there, right? She fights. Sure. When I watch her fights, to me, most of the time they're more entertaining than a lot of the guy fights. You know sure. what I mean? Um, and, and it's kind of like going to see a headliner comedians and sometimes you find a middle act is funnier than the headliner. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Although happened. it's weird because the middle, you, when you're on the middle of the show, you know, that's the sweetest spot of the show. You don't really that's have true. the pressure. You know what I mean? When you're hosting, you, you're, well, you're opening the show, you know, whatever. Yeah. When you're, when you're middling, the, the audience is warm. You don't have the pressure of the show on your back sure. when you're headlining, you know, when the middle's killing and you're out there and the rest of the show better better that it uh, you know what what, what uh, you know my, my podcast is really about nothing so it's all over yeah. the place i was i was a little surprised when misha tate lost 
I was surprised when Holly Holmes, well, she lost twice now. Yeah. Um, it just showed how difficult what Ronda Rossi did. Sure. It, no it, 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 it's, um, you know, I hope she come back. And all those women winning, winning or losing, massive respect. Um, Here's to me the secret of Ronda Rousey. One of the things that made her uh, so good is she's dominant fast, right? Yeah. Um, what ha- Fighters are intelligent people. Coaches are intelligent people. So Holly Holm was a great boxer. I mean, she was a champion boxer. So you knew that she had hands, right? I don't know and why Ronda uh, That was the dumbest pl- thing that she did. Ronda played against, came out and won that. She, she fight sure. at her strength, not the middle level. Yeah. Her, all, all great people, it's it's Anderson Silver and her. It's the same story. They 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 get to a point where the the competition is not challenging themselves as much anymore. Yeah. So they become to take their own challenges inside the cage. Like maybe I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand up with her. Hey, I'm going to showboat a little bit. I'm not going to even put my guard up, and I can still beat this right. guy. You know. And that 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 hubris or whatever is what is ultimately leads to a downfall because when you're in there, you can't. There's a very small margin of 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 error for in a fight, right? Um. But one of the things that made Ronda so good was there was no tape on Ronda. So like, Holly Holm lost. Yeah, she lost again. That's because people now had some tape. They could watch. They could see what she does. They could. You know, Ronda was beating people in like 17 seconds. Sure. You know, like a minute or whatever it was. So there's not a lot to watch. I mean, you, hey, let's find her weakness. Okay. Just don't run out in the in the middle of the ring. I mean, pretty, pretty much the only weakness that they could identify at that point was like, don't come out because she's going to. She's gonna throw you on your back. I, and she's I, rip your arm off. I really hope she comes back. She will. And I, I, I think she will. I, I, and regain, regain championship back. Yeah, that would be great narrative. But there's also part of me thinking, oh, if she just would have just retired and not fought, fought Holly. Yeah, you know, if if it would have just been. Um, but better. why? At the end of the day, I mean, everyone's so obsessed with perfection. You know what I mean? But there's beauty and imperfection. It, and let me tell you something. Yeah, you won the world championship. And, yeah, and you defended it a bunch of times. But nothing will feel better than if she wins it a second time. I guarantee you. You know, it should. I you think she's coming back? I think she's going to come back, and I think she's going to win the title again. I, I, I believe that. I, if she's motivated, I mean, she got distracted with Hollywood and everything else. But if she's decided that she wants the people that live at, at that, who's level, the champion? Who beat uh, Misha Tate? I forgot her name. Um, Valentina something just yeah. beat Holly Holmes. So yeah, no, the noon is it noons or something like that. The uh, oh yes, yeah, Nunes, yeah. 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 So, um, so is, is the Valentina chick going to fight the Nunes now? In a, how yeah. does that even work? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a matchmaker. It's uh, Joe Silva's job like after UFC or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm friends with Vinny, right? He's a boxer. He was a world champ, everything else. That The people, the personality type. The Vinny people, Paz. Yeah. yeah. The, the, he's five-time world champion, right? Yeah. So the people of that mentality, the people that – drive and, and and level of uh, of motivation to become that yeah if they reapply themselves to that i feel like you're silly to discount them from that the sure. people, D- dave, dave Chappelle is a great example right when dave Chappelle, oh dave Chappelle's done dave Chappelle's done no dave Chappelle's done. dave was on stage when he was like 16 year old kid or something that's how driven he was for comedian sure. you know for, to be a comedian that guy when he wants to come back believe me he's gonna come back and he's i gonna, think he even said he didn't like uh um what's that really rough theater in the harlem uh apollo yeah 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 I think he was 13 or 14 and he was telling in some interview like who bull a 13 or 14 child that's how rough <laughs> you know it has nothing to do with black because you know he's black performers yeah. so but yeah they're man those the, audience are pretty ruthless well the, the culture in that place they had the sandman and the guy with the hook it's sure. all based on that you know? yeah that was like the america's uh got talent or the american idol before 
there was an America's Got Talent, American yeah. Idol. That was the the fun part of going to the Apollo was sure. watching the guy who sucked get ripped off stage and watching the one that you didn't think was going to be good go out and kill. Right. Um, but, you know, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, like Burr is a good example. If Burr took two years off from comedy and just did movies, do you think he's not going to come back with a vengeance and drop some hour special that's going to blow everyone's mind? Sure. Of course it's going to. You know what I mean? It's that level of the work that that got you to that point, that level of challenging yourself that's going to make you better. And I think for Ronda Rousey, I think that's the case. Sure. Uh, you know, Anderson Silva, I think he was up against injuries, which is a different that's a different thing altogether, you know. I kind of enjoyed the last fight, even though he lost. Yeah. He gave his effort, you yeah. know. And there's no showboating this time. Well, now, right? yeah. now you watch. He learned yeah. that lesson. You know, he's he's even the greatest fighter can be given humility. You know, sure. Uh, it's it's uh, you go, like you, we we could always work harder. Yep. You know, it's a great metaphor for life and careers and and, and stuff too. You watch yeah. the people that do it. It's it's. Yeah, I know you know Rogan. You watch a guy like that. He's another one. He's the guy that exists in that. He's, you never it, see that guy just go do something half-assed. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna become a jujitsu. He's gonna become like a, a, a world-class jujitsu artist. He's gonna be podcast. I'm gonna have the biggest podcast. If, if there is such thing as Rogan having a problem, is that he's so talented in so many different things. Like how does he divide all the time? Because yeah. his podcast is just just crazy successful. It's it's not even like top comedy podcast. It's top podcast period, and it's always in like yeah. top twenty, thirty in the whole world. Stand up TV. I don't know. He's so. He, I'm sure he trains like crazy too. You know. Yeah, so, they say. Yeah. And they, uh, he, when he was in Massachusetts, uh, like it, it wasn't at the same time that I was doing martial arts yeah. and stuff. I did it for a little while, but he was he was winning tournaments everywhere. Yeah. And Taekwondo is like a real heavy, like uh, with kicks and feet sure. and stuff usually. But he, I've watched videos of him, literally teaching professional MMA artists, like guys like George Saint Pierre. Oh, I didn't teaching know that. Them, teaching them how to throw the, the back kick that he throws, the way he throws, or like yeah. the guy, the, and, the, and and then being shocked at how, how good he is at what he yeah. does, you know? Uh, my, my curse is like, I'm like that, like I have that natural inclination and, and desire to learn all these different sure. things and experience all these different things. I just, for some reason, I've never had the, uh, comedy's the only one out of all of them where I've still had the drive after doing it to be like, I really want to get good at this. Sure. Like everything else has always been like, yeah, that was really fun. Oh, that tournament, that was fun. I fought in that tournament. That was when fun. you have a good show. Yeah, you do get high. Yeah, that the the the, the big yeah, and and not even so much the good show. It's not even like the approval, but like when you write that joke that you that they, I know exactly. Like, like even the show is mediocre. You just slip in the joke that you're kind of working, and yeah. they they laugh like holy shit. You know, it's um, it's a comedy magic. That's right? what it is. Yeah, it's it's like that challenge and it's. It's every time you go out, every time you go out, it's a different, it's a different thing, right? Yeah. It's never the same thing. So it's not Groundhog Day. You know? how, how are we doing time? How much time are we in right uh, now? We're 50. We're 50. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, I, I do want to talk um, um, because I, I do like to see you do your podcast. We could talk a little bit about, but you know, after, after hearing this, I'm, I'm sure you guys will be interested in uh, Marty's podcast. Uh, you're still kind of figuring out what to do, but you guys should definitely uh, everyone everyone's on Google Marty's name and uh, see what you know. I hope uh, by the time um, sometime this year they'll find out that you're doing some podcast. I know that it'll be funny, but it should it should also. Uh, I know you're going to have a different interesting twist to it. Yeah, you know? Yoshi, Yoshi's been pushing me to 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 really do the podcast. I've again, 
that I've done. I mean, you have a, access to such a great facility, one thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I could do it here. I mean, it's just so funny. You know, I've, I've done three of them, and I hate them so bad that I just leave them on yeah. my computer, and I, 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 you know, I never put them out or do anything with them. But um, you've kind of – Jess May is another one, too. She, You know, her podcast is great. Like, so I have these people that I look up to giving me, like, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. So, you know, I'll hopefully I'll, I'll put something together yeah. and people can find it. They can find my website. Uh, it's martycap.com, uh, so M-A-R-T-Y-C-A-P.com. Yeah. So if I if I do do um, a podcast uh, relatively soon. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to finish. I just, I just yeah. wasn't sure where the time. Well, I appreciate um, it. So, you know, you, you, you grew up um, Chicopee, right? Yep. And, and um, how would you explain, because every, every time people think about this, I mean, I think if you're visiting L.A., even if you mention a town, they're going to say, where the fuck is that? Yeah. You probably have to say Boston, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't specifically because the people in Boston are kind of a tight-knit kind of click, kind yeah. of. It's like a scene. And what I did is I started comedy in Worcester, Massachusetts, which had a little teeny scene. Uh, my friend Orlando Baxter was really I think Stanhope is from there, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Stanhope's born in Worcester. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. We, we did a show, and he, he was born in Worcester, but he moved out Shrewsbury, but he moved out before he did comedy. I think he I said he started in Vegas or something like that. He was, he was some, but, um, but he's got that New England, you know, he's that edge to him. But he... Uh, Incredible edge. Yeah, yeah. He, he one of the best comedians. Him, Mattel, you know, those Burr, those are the guys that I just, you know, blow my mind. But... Um, yeah, so so I don't tell people that because I what I did was I started in Worcester and then I I went to Providence and I kind of established myself a little bit in Providence and then I went to Connecticut and I said like I basically just started replicating scenes. Now, you know, like ne- next week, I don't, this probably won't be out by then, but uh, uh, you know, I'm doing Nick's, I'm headlining Nick's in Boston, which is like a legendary club in Boston. So yeah, to me that was a big, that was a big kind of. And, thing. I, and I have to say. One of the rooms I was really happy to do is that Chinese restaurant in your town. Oh, Hukila. Uh, yeah, it's legendary. 40, because, 40 years. Because I keep hearing a tale and uh, all these big people that I like always talked about it. And I was able to uh, open for him. And a tale was nice enough to let you host or do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That was, that was really, really fun. He's and the uh, best, Yeah. He was uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Atel, I'll tell you what. He. I worked with him a couple more times after that too. I worked with him at Foxwoods and stuff like that. I felt bad because I I ended up getting kind of I think tricked by someone who said they had they were talked to him and they were going to interview him or something. So yeah. I brought him back to the green room, but then I got the feeling from him that maybe he didn't want them in the green yeah, room. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, so he's probably not going to be happy with me. But uh, super th- th- that 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 is a legendary room, you know. And then my little room that we start, my little club, uh, Cabot Comedy yeah. Club. That's gonna be the hooky loud's like a level. Love doing that room. I have yeah. really had a fun time doing it twice, and uh, yeah. people should come and check it out. Yeah, Cabot's a Cabot's a, a fun spot. The, 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 and the it's on Cabot great. Street and in uh, Chicopee, yep. and you guys yep. should come and check out. And the owner Paul, a great guy, couldn't be more gracious. You know, uh, like last minute, I show up, had a place to stay, and then uh, it's the only full time comedy club in Western Mass. So you guys should definitely come and check it out. Oh, I appreciate and, uh, that, Yosh. Thanks. And uh, check out the sports scene. And, you know, I, I, sorry to go back to sports, yeah. but I'm really fascinated because I'm from Seattle. I love my teams, but, um, they, they don't have like that swagger to them that the people that I meet in Boston and New York for sure have, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I'm very respectful. I, I thought, um, I, I every time I met Patriot fans, 
Of course, there's always going to be one or two idiots. Yeah, there's, idiot. there's more than that for Patriots. But when I met met a lot of them, Indianapolis, I've seen Patriot play the Colts three times, and um, yeah, they're um, they're very very confident of their team. Oh, the Colts? <laughs> you're saying the Colts? No, 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 the, the, the Patriots. Yeah, very, they are. But they're not arrogant. But they're even they're down. They're still confident that uh, Brady and the Village is going to do something. Um, so the three times, I think. Two times they won. The one game they didn't win is the game where fourth and two and Vilicic decided to go. Mathematically, it makes sense because yeah. there was still too much time and that fucking uh, Manning at home. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I say that fucking, I mean with a great respect. He's a uh, he's an assassin. <laughs> you, mean, you mean that the fucking, with with the greatest respect, Peyton? No, but he's he is a killer. You know, you yeah. get, you give enough time yeah. and uh, and Brady too. That's why. It, but 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 it, it was, I I was sorry to, I I was happy to always pay premium money to see two guys play when you see those two yeah. teams play because even if you're not a fan of those teams it is it's 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 such a pleasure to watch a game like that you know it's just it's so fun to see the competition I'm gonna get heated here for a second because because it's important to me uh, and, and all my friends in Indianapolis uh, I apologize. Uh, but you know what? When I went out to Indianapolis, the Colts fans. Yeah. I was at, I did Crackers for the weekend out there. Yeah. Uh, Crackers, Comic, a great club. And the Colts fans kicked my head in all weekend. Just yeah. I, I'm from New England. Boom. Yeah. You know, and it just says yeah. But I, here's what bothers me about this whole Deflate Gate nonsense. I got to get it off my chest. Yeah. Um, is the hypocrisy of it? The, the, this the Brady. It's clear that Brady. Most people, even the people who were originally with Pitchforks, have said the guy probably didn't do anything. But Goodell's going to punish him anyways, right? right? But now no one talks about Peyton Manning. He's not considered a cheater, although he had HGH being sent to his wife's house and everything. It's like you look at that guy from when he started to what he looked like in yeah. his last season, and his forehead literally grew exponentially, like to the point that you watch him in those post game interviews, right. and his forehead's all red, and he's yeah. just like, you know, like, you know, and it's like the equipment manager hasn't resized his helmet because he doesn't realize the guy's head's growing every season, you know what I mean? And that, and that guy, no one ever mentions in a word uh, of cheating at all. But Tom Brady, who you can clearly look uh, at. He was clear recently, uh, 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 Manning. There's no way. The, the, no way. The, the, well, the news was he was clear, but I, I, will say, I will say something about those two. It's interesting. I think Brady got punished because all he ever thinks about, except for his wife and children, is winning. The, winning in football, right? Mm-hmm. And I think because... See, Manning is so accessible to uh, reporters and things like yeah. that. So, he, do you know where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, no, I was going to say, he, 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 has, he has a better control. He definitely have a better control of media. Sure. He's public he Because said. he put more time in it. Sure. He's the funny guy from the Papa He's the Papa a very John's funny guy. Yeah. So, why, why don't we love him? And Tom Brady's the idiot holding a goat and a pair of Uggs. So, the, 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 the public sentiment against him is that way. And he's like a hot girl that's not so hot that other yeah. girls dislike them that they find him threatening he's not a super good looking guy so you and, know and, and he's more relatable and i think yeah. he did his time and I'm, I'm sure behind the scene i'm i don't think manny's a bad guy at all i just think he he realized that that the, the value of having sure. the media on your side obviously well, i think he's a great guy yeah. I, as a guy i think he's fantastic but brady you know? I, I i just say even people who don't like football it just i think guys are just jealous he's He's probably one of the best looking guy ever to play football. He's got the probably the most beautiful wife ever. Sure, their kids worth are worth per- half a billion dollars. He lives in a yeah. Uh, she makes more money than him. Yeah, beautiful kids. Yeah, full championship. 
So I think without even putting a little bit of time and effort finding out what actually happened, I think if they're not from this area, they're going to say like, well, fuck that guy. Because I've heard too many people say like, they just yeah. don't like him because he's good looking and right. successful. Well, I feel like in some way, I, you know, I said the joke on stage that way. People are like, aren't you upset that he's suspended? I was like, listen, the guy's sleeping with the hottest <laughs> Superman on the planet. He's got 18,000 square foot mansion. Uh, he, 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 he literally is so good looking yeah. that, that, that he's got a, a dimple on his chin for crying yeah. out loud. I said, you know what? He, yeah, he's I'm got trying the to pay the mortgage on a, on yeah. a 900-something square foot cape yeah. in Western Massachusetts and struggling to do that. I've got my own problems. You know, screw Tom Brady. If the worst thing that happens to the guy is he got accused of something he didn't do or whatever, then, oh, well, you know what? Deal with it. Everyone's got some adversity in their life. But it's not, it doesn't make it right. It's, it, doesn't you know, make, it doesn't make it right. But I also say I, I, I was watching football with Alan Thick two years ago. Yeah. And Alan Thick is a good-looking guy. His kids are good-looking. His yeah. son is rough and thick. You know, oh, yeah, he's yeah. a really good, he's always a good hot chick, good looking. And he's secure enough to say when, while we were watching the game, Alan Thicke goes, well, that is a one good looking man. Yeah. And he's not gay, but no. he, he's secure enough to say that. But if yes, you were going to be gay, you're going to be gay for Tom Brady. That's yeah, the way and, it is. And, and Brady is good looking. And when you have that much success, there's going to be a fucking hater. For me, as a Seahawks fan, we lost because we made a dumb mistake, yeah. dumb decision. Pete and a high High, high, high risk that was unnecessary. And when you have a running back name, anything with the word beast in them, you yeah. give the fucker the ball oh, in. Yeah. And I think if they were just trying to get running with the ball, I think they would have got in. That's not to say they guaranteed they would have won because, you know, Brady does crazy shit the last second too. But sure. so I have no issue with uh, New England and what, what should I, I, I respect them winning. Um, every scientist that I talk to, and all the paper tells me it sounds like it's nonsense that they're selling the public. And the, the report, I read probably one third of it, maybe half. It's more difficult than Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. It's on purpose, oh, written yeah. in a crazy way. Yeah, it's the Wells report, yeah. But the judges made the right decision because they give the commissioner the power to make that decision. Uh, nowhere does it say the commissioner have to make the right decision, smart decision, sure. more of the quick decision. He has to make right to make the decision, and he did. And I understand why he took a four-game suspension, but I think the rest of the country probably think he did it because a mission of guilt. He's not guilty, in my opinion. No, I mean, listen, anyone who's ever lived in a climate like New England where it gets cold at night, hot during the day, whatever, and has taken a football and left it outside yeah. or taken their bike tires or whatever— understands that atmosphere affects the pressure inside something like that. It, Aaron Rodgers said he like overinflated too. Right. You know, right. Um, so it's very, it's, it's, it's all nonsense in, in, in general, but to be truthful, the one thing that, that is funny about that is it's kind of the pigeons or whatever they call it, chickens coming home to roost yeah. for, uh, for Robert Kraft because Bob Kraft was, he was, uh, Roger Goodell's boy. I mean, he was the one who helped, orchestrate Goodell's rise to power a lot. He was the one who consolidated behind him when Goodell was under a lot of pressure yeah. for other stuff, I think, in Dallas. Well, I mean, what was else. the thing like 19 years ago with uh, taping, whatever, yeah. right? And and um, it probably wasn't that a big issue. And no, I, was, I, that I, was a disgruntled employee, too, but people don't care about that. This country doesn't care. People in this country, when they I think decide other team, something's I, bad... I think, I think other teams were probably doing it, too. But everyone was. But if the Cleveland Browns were doing it, they're not losing, so I don't think sure. they would have given a shit. But I think what got Goodell in trouble... They, that the rest of the other 31 owners think, well, he destroyed the tape because his buddy with Bob. 
and he's he's one yeah. of his uh, uh, toadies or something. So I think he saw opportunity to prove everyone that he's not a Bob. Right. He overcompensated. He overcompensated. Yeah. yeah, he overcorrected his course. And 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 because I don't think he make a good decision when it comes to punishing people. But here's the here's the the way this country works now. Not just in politics. Not just in comedy. Not just in 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 sports. Whoever make the first accusations, right? R- right, or whoever screams it the loudest, right? Yeah. Then it becomes fact, and, and people. People never want to research the thing. This is the studies that show people when they share a link on Facebook yeah. and it has the title and the link, like President Obama did this. And everyone's like, this guy's horrible. There's like there's like sixty percent of people don't even open the link. They just read the title on top of the, the And, the and link. also we gotta remember when uh, they got in trial in Indianapolis, they got supposed supposed deflatable through interception. So if you're gonna tell right. me he was benefiting by deflated ball that throwing all the touchdowns. They won by like 38 points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like stop. And that was all political payback. It was all payback. The Ravens were involved yeah. in it. Everything. All these people that had been beaten by the, their target. Do you remember? It was previous week where uh, I got to hand it to uh, Belichick because that's like a really Asian thing to do. They read the rule and they positioned a line or something. Was it was within the yeah. uh, within yeah. the rule? And Baltimore complained about complained it. about it. Yeah. So they were so mad that they lost. Their GM contact Indianapolis GM about the supposed to play. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah and the, 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 but no one cares about those facts. They only care about whatever it is. They're, they're, they establish their position, and yeah. then they're not. They don't waver from their position. Sure. And it, it, it's bizarre. nobody wants to lose. That's why they right. have to complain when they lose. Right. It's bizarre. The the the, the tape gate thing. Yeah. All that that started. This guy Matt was uh, an employee of the Patriots. He was disgruntled because they fired him. He said, "Look, they do this wrong." The reality was. They were taping from an air. You were allowed to tape the other team, but you were supposed to be within a taped off area. This guy was uh, 50 to 100 feet away from the taped off area while he was taping. And it was Mangini, who used to be a, a coordinator, was a head of the Jets. A, a thousand percent. And they did remember, so. Yep, and Mangini, I mean, Bill Bel- Mangini wouldn't have had a career if it wasn't for Bill Belichick. Sure. And I know that because I used to talk to Mangini's mom every single morning down in Unionville, Connecticut. Back when I was right out of college, I worked for sure. Coca-Cola. She used to come in. We used to talk football. He was like a he was like a defensive backs coach yeah. or something for the Patriots at the time. He would not have a career basically if it wasn't for Bill Belichick. Yeah. But he rose to that point. He he couldn't wait, so he had to. He wanted yeah. to become a big shot, and that was that was the payback between the Jets and the, and the Patriots. There's the the best part about being a Patriots fan is almost every game, every season, there's a rivalry. Yeah. Which is fun to watch because you're invested in it. The funny part is the rivalry is really on the part of the other people. Like it's everyone else hating us because we're good. And and by the way, I, say, oh, I, you guys I have to make way. one criticism about you guys because you guys you're in a pretty relatively easy division compared. You know, uh, well maybe not, not historically, the, not not even close. I mean, but were, not maybe this season. But uh, thank God you have a lot of bad coaches teaching coach in the, 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 those. Do you teams. think they're bad coaches? Do you think they look like bad coaches because they're playing games every every year against Bill Belichick? What do you think is more probable? They're I think getting so. out scouted. They're yes, getting out I mean, Bill, they're getting out a great coach. But man, when they see when I see those teams play other teams in that yeah. division, oof, it's um I don't know, man. I don't really have faith in that division. But listen, here's the story, right? You said uh, you did a show with uh, like Artie and Bill and all those people, right? You're a good comic, right? If I put you on the stage with all those people, do you still feel like a good comic? It's it. You, I have to bring a plus plus game, and right. I'm still struggling. Yeah, right. And 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 it's the reverse, like with with Belichick. He's light years ahead. You know, you could take you could take me and 
five guys from the area here that are sure. decent comics and put us on a show. And then if you put Bill Burr on the show or Davis Hell on the yeah. show, guess what? We all look like buffoons who just got out of our first old mic. You know who? who I mean? uh, uh, now I'm I'm peak. Who's the coaches? I know the former coach for Jets, are Rex Ryan's now Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if if does Miami have a decent coach? I don't even know who it is. I don't even know. I know I know they 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 had a whole debacle last year. Jets actually kind of have a decent one now. I, I think I think yeah. he doesn't seem all right. He seemed all right. He seemed to be disciplinarian and the defense seemed pretty decent too. But I'm going to say Belichick's a good coach, but the other part is the ownership. Oh, he's a great Kraft, coach. Kraft, Kraft's ownership group, uh, Jonathan Kraft and Bob Kraft. They're very, very smart. Very, very smart. So that Bob should have fought harder for Brady. He, he never should have. He never should have paid the fine, and he, he, he admitted never it after. But he was trying to throw up a sacrificial lamb, like leave my boy alone. We'll do this, and because a first round pick, that's a pretty steep. Uh, you guys True. did that twice in the last ten years. But the, you understand, it's all about quote unquote leveling the playing field yeah. to make, and that's the world nowadays. The world, yeah, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone's good. It's yeah. like uh, level the playing field. Hey, some people are just good at whatever they're good at. You know, everyone doesn't have to be the same at everything. Everyone doesn't have to be fair. It doesn't have to be. I don't, I don't, I don't of course, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I want Seahawks to win, but if they don't, I have voted the money on the Patriot winning at all because I just think not. It's, First of all, you're Asian. You're good at math. Those are great statistics right there. If you're well, I, I just think it's a good looking. Two teams to pick. The good looking as Brady is. I'm kidding, by the way. I know you're horrible at math. The, the, the good as uh, good looking as Brady is, I know inside when it comes to competition, he's a motherfucker, and you don't want to anger. You want to anger Incredible Hulk, you know. I think, yeah. I just think this four game. I know he could smile, whatever, but crazy competitor that he is, I know that shit's not going well, and I know his burn. He, that shit is burning him out. So that's I don't I don't I haven't even bothered looking at the roster. Yeah. I know you had new people come to, the, but to me, that's the biggest factor that I think I'm going to put money on that guy because. Who knows? It might be the repeat. It could be Seattle Patriots again in the Super Bowl. Brady's an amazing quarterback, and Belichick's an amazing coach, and they they function best together. But they could function independently of each other as well, and still yeah. be great. Um, they're they're beyond great. They're they're literally the best that ever was when they're together, right? So when we had Matt Castle, we won ten games that season. You know, the Tom Brady was out. We won ten games anyway. Yeah, Matt Castle. So I'm pretty confident of Garoppolo. I think he'll do well. Um, I think that Belichick's going to have him a limited role and beefed up defense, and that's that's. Well, what do you, what do you, the first four games? How many wins you think? Three. I'm going to say three. Yeah. Drops one, drops one. Maybe wins the first. Maybe drops. I don't know, but three. I I don't know how it's going to break down, but I I feel like three is a pretty good prediction. Well, you know, I mean, many people in this area they say I don't even care if if we go, we go on. All when four, and they're back. still going to make the playoffs. When Brady, yeah, the, when Brady comes back, yeah, I'm looking for him to literally smash records all over the place. Yeah, you know, because he's going to be. There's nothing worse than a Tom. A pissed off Tom Brady is worse than like a angry Liam Neeson who lost his dog. Sure, you know what and, I mean. Like that's. He's literally going to be like you know in the huddle like I have a particular set of skills. He's going to be that guy. Um, yeah, he's going to be that guy. Um, I, I um. Yeah, I, I can't I can't wait to, uh, football to start. Yeah, I, I like basketball, baseball, and then I'm beginning to learn to like um, hockey and maybe even like uh, soccer. In a, in a certain depends on the circumstance, like World World yeah. Cup, Euro Cup, Euro uh, European uh, games. But man, there's nothing like football. It, it's really hard to explain to people. Man, it's so fun to watch. It's um, 
it's action packed. It's very American. It's it's, it's, uh, it's high action, high violence. Uh, you know, because people, you know, uh, most of the world love America because the flash of basketball. You know, it's rough showmanship sure. is fun. People say baseball is our uh, national pastime, but believe me, if you if you want to understand Americans, culture, yeah. culture, football is America's passion. We're so passionate about that. We love violence. Oh yeah. boy, we. You know, we, 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 I mean, sorry, but we do love violence in yeah. this country. And uh, it's, there's no sports more violent than football, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, you watch, I mean, I mean, it's, it's literally war, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the best way I was going to say, too, is it's a struggle of real estate, too. It's yeah. a battle of inches, it's a battle of yards. It's a, it's, uh, it's we have an infantry. Yeah, yeah, we have the Air Force. Yep. It's, you have the general on the side. Yeah, it's a really good metaphor for, for war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which, you know, and I'm not a big warmonger guy. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I understand that sometimes it's a necessary uh, evil. Uh, I think the world could do without it, but, uh, certainly within the white lines for football, it's a great way to get that energy. Out. Well, um, we, we talked about this. I, I, uh, I, I hope you come to LA. Um, I met your friend, Jessica. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's so fun, fun, loving, I mean, I'm surprised she's from here because she seemed more like California girl, you know, uh, like the golden hair, smile, and <laughs> sense of humor, you know. And, I've been uh, to her hometown. She's from Syracuse, New York, which yeah. honestly, uh, I tell her this all the time. It's it seems like one of the more miserable places on the planet because it's always it's northern, northern New York, right? Uh, it's upstate New York. It's upstate actually a nice little city, but it's it's always gray every time I'm there. I yeah. tell her all the time. I feel like I'm in a TV grayscale uh, show or something. Like I love Lucy. Or something. Sure, it's always gray outside. But yeah, she was there, moved Boston, New York, everything. She's uh, her podcast too, the Sharp Tongue one that you did. She's very, very good on that. And and the uh, one that she did in Orlando was very funny and touching. Yeah, she interviewed her uh, both of her parents. And that she's, was great. She's been so good to me, man. Like you know how you know how it is too. Like you you work with people and you, you have a good yeah. weekend, and they're like, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm going to get you on the road with me." And they say it and they mean it kind of, but they don't. And that I'm not doing it. They, they they never do it. It's like it's like they, they once they leave, you're just the guy that was there at this place. For me, uh, right? the the great Trinity always been for me, and they're good friends and people that I look up to. It's Russell Peters, Jim Norton, and David Hell. They yeah. just they always kept their words. They're great. They're consummate professional, but they're hilarious guys. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Norton. I just did that show for Jessamay down there with him. He he came out on behalf of her just to be nice and did the fundraising. Yeah, she asked him to. You know, just Russell incredible comedy made. mind. But, you will, you will, and yeah. then I want you and your family to come to Southern California because I think it'll be good for you to see the other podcasting and comedy scene. But you know, uh, we don't want to get detailed, but one of your family member could benefit by going to California because it'll be very fun, and uh, you know, the futures. Yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I I'll definitely make my way out there. She's been asking me to come out too. She's been real. She wants to show. She's all, uh, of as far as people who've helped me out in the business. Yeah, I mean, like I said, she's the only one that that. Not the only one, but one of the only ones that sure. really has gone above and beyond to, to try to get me out on the road, yeah. and try to get me work, and try to get me seen. And, and she wants me to go out there. She wants to give, do the rounds. So it'll be fun if I come out. We'll be able to hang out and, and have some fun on the, uh, yeah. on the West Coast. So I'm looking forward to that, you know, hopefully. so. Cool. Um, I think uh, I think that, that was a pretty good episode. And um, I'm, you know, I'm ending. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm ending. Um, well, thanks for having me. Um, the podcast but uh yeah check out marty when you're in east coast but for sure when 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 i when i see him in la i've very very exciting for me we have a 
bunch of friends over in uh, L.A. area. And by then, maybe I'll have a podcast, and then I can still have you on. As, I can bother you and have you on. As a yeah, it's never a bother. And um, if you ended up doing something like a mixed martial art, I definitely want you to meet my friend, uh, Josh Gross, considered to be one of the best mixed martial art um, a reporter. But he just wrote a book called Ali versus Inoki. Uh, uh, it's that uh, late September 1976 match between Muhammad Ali and the greatest Japanese wrestler, Antonio Inoki. He wrote a book about that. I read it. Fantastic. And if you're a fan of mixed martial arts, boxing, wrestling, and show business in general, it's really interesting. I never knew how much of a wrestling and boxing uh, business were in L.A. and how much it influenced Muhammad Ali. He learned the whole showmanship when he was visiting L.A. and learning from the wrestling venue. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you do announcing, the showmanship, that's why... People love America because of the freedom and the land of opportunity, but they're also fa- like America because the showmanship. We have yeah. so much fun entertainment, man. We are the number one in the whole world. Yeah. No one does it better than us. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 we have that unique, flashy uh, thing about us. That the, the guys I look at, the Bruce Buffer for the UFC, when yeah. you watch him announce, he's, uh, Michael Buffer was a great announcer. He's a golden voice. You know, Let's get ready. You know, yeah. Bruce um maybe doesn't have the same pipes as mike he's got great pipes you know? sure oh, i wish i had his pipes but you watch him and he's he's i try to be like that a little bit like i try to be physically if i'm into the fight i want that excitement to come through because i want the fighters to feel it when sure calling their names that makes for a better fight you know spike them up a little bit get them pumped and, and i want the crowd to feel it um it's a, yeah it's a little bit of show everything's a little bit of show and shift. just yeah it's just like comedy too you know yeah guys who go out and just stand there and just tell jokes but sometimes you need to put a little bit behind it you know you, you it is a performance, you know, you, you should, like, I, I'm drawn to that. I'm drawn, I'm not drawn to guys who are, like, over-physical, yeah. but I'm drawn to the guys who, who you can see they're in it and they're having fun and they're out there and they're, yeah. and they're working, you know, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's what happens. And I'll finish with this. Um, I was talking to one of my friends and this person was frustrated today with the career and things like that, but we need to remember, well, the way I look at it, if something bad happened to me, I still could joke about it. So it's kind of good. good. And if something good happened to me, it's good. So I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it really can, doesn't hurt me in that way. And to, what was the thing that Jerry Seinfeld used to talk about? There's a bunch of jazz singers, uh, whatever they're traveling, their car broke or something. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're freezing. They're hungry. They're looking for a mes- uh, place to stay, sleep for the night. They just walk in by the house and they see family having a nice, quiet dinner and having typical dinner uh, in the house. And I think that one of the musicians like, who the fuck live like that? That's so boring, right? <laughs> so it's so exciting to live this life. And if, if as long as you're not motivated for something other than yeah, I mean, just having a good time and uh, having a, just being excited, even telling the new joke that got laugh, I think I can't, really can't see a scenario where it could hurt me, you know? Be upside downside with comedy. Uh, upside on a, uh, you have a great show, then you have that, that you feel and people yeah. are thanking you. They spent their money to come out and see you and they're thanking you. That feels great. And if you have a bad show, um, it's still kind of funny though. It's, it's still <laughs> kind of funny, especially to your friends in the back yeah. room. But it's also, I always tell this to the new comics too, you learn more by the bad shows than you yeah. do from the good shows. You yeah. just go out and you kill, you just yeah. walk off, you don't care. But when you go out and you struggle and you fight for it or you go out and you eat, you eat it yeah. all, uh, you learn in those moments. You learn about yourself. You learn about your comedy. You learn about uh, audience. You learn. Sure. So you're either going to learn or have a great time. So it's like one of those rare things where there's very few days that you go to work in comedy where you just, you know, you, you, you coast through. You know, you, you try to have some sort of, 
get something out of it. And finally, you all see that painting of those three guys in Revolutionary War. They're all like uh, bandaged up. They're one of them playing uh, like a uh, uh, you know flute or something. But uh, that that fighting spirit, you know, and uh, it's kind of fun struggling. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's why it's so funny too when you meet comedians you haven't seen in a long time because it's just like you. It's like you're starting from the second another page. You know, it's like a nothing really changed, you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, you know, I haven't seen you in two years, but you go back to the same spot. Last time you saw that person. That's you know? it. Yeah. That's it. All right, Marty. Thanks, Marty, Josh. thanks for doing it. And, uh, fo- follow uh, Marty Caproni and he has that room in, uh, uh, Chicopee and it's going to get bigger and better and he's going to do a podcast and, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in LA and, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be doing your podcast next time when I see LA. I, I hope so. Josh. If, uh, if I do one, I'll put it on my Twitter and I'll put it on my website and all that stuff so people can find it. But uh, I, I, I think I will. I mean, you've convinced me. All right. Fun, so. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and uh, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.